Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. I love sharing Torah thoughts, ideas, and messages in all of its wonderful parts and facets. Baruch Hashem, today this is easier than ever before. Please enjoy the following class and the rest of them on my podcast. And follow in order to receive updates daily. Also, please feel free to share this podcast with your friends, family, and neighbors so they could enjoy as well. Now let's move on and learn and grow together. Okay, let's get started. Today's daf in Meseches Gitin is daf Yedalid. We are starting... Uh, it's about uh, 10 lines from the top of Yedalad Amud Aleph. Yeah, about 10 lines from the top and 12 lines. We, we finished off yesterday discussing the concept of So we were discussing the scenario of transferring ownership of a debt to be paid when three people are standing together, lender, borrower, and third party, and there's a chiddush in halacha that you're allowed to do that. That's a chiddush. So we're going to continue on on that note with a couple of stories we're going to see highlighting this principle of halacha, maimach lashtan. And then the second section of today is going to be a new discussion, which is the discussion of hoylech kishidami. So that's going to be a discussion surrounding this principle when a Somebody sends money to pay back a debt of some sort. We're going to see. We'll get into that, or or to give a gift. Is the the shlichus that he's making to deliver considered already a schus that it's effective for the recipient that disables essentially the sender from having rights over it anymore? We'll learn about that as we get. We're going to give three attempted uh, three attempts in order to show that actually there's a machlekes about if hoylech is kischi or not. We'll see ultimately refute all of them, but that's what we're going to do today. So let's see. So Amalei Rav, the Rav Achabar Dela, twelve lines down the page. So Rav said to Rav Achabar Dela, "Kava de Marika isli gabach." So he said like this: "You owe me a kav of Marika. Marika is saffron. Saffron is a it's a spice, I think, right? The spice. So you owe me a kav of saffron. Kav is a measurement. You owe me a kav of saffron." I want you to give it to Yankel. And in front of him, I'm telling you this. Meaning, he said, in front of Yankel, he said, I want you to give the kav of saffron that you owe me, Ravachab Ardullah. I want you to give it to Yankel. And I'm saying it in front of Yankel. Now, these words, means the way we're interpreting it, Mistama, is that I shouldn't retract. Meaning, what Rav, Rav seemed to be saying to Ravachab Ardullah is, I am transferring the rights of collection. Instead of to me, I'm not going to collect it anymore, even though you owed it to me. Instead, I'm going to have Rav Achabar Dullah collect it. And I'm saying it in front of him that in order that he should collect it and I shouldn't be able to retract. Now, the implication the Gemara assumes is the fact that he's saying, that I won't be able to retract. It sounds like he's saying is, I'm saying it in front of him to give extra emphasis. And I'm saying that I won't retract. But the implication is if he wants... Perhaps Rav was saying he could retract. So Michal, Gemara says, does that imply to Ibai Haderbei, Matzi Haderbei, that if he wanted to retract, he could? And he's just doing a favor. He's not going to retract? Of course he could. He can't retract because we said when it comes to Maimachlashtan, that creates a real transaction like we learned yesterday. So how can Rav be implying here that if he wanted, he could retract? So Gemara answers, no, what Rav was saying was, because I'm doing it in front of Yankel over there, so therefore I can no longer retract, because that's the concept of Baimach Lashtan. It's a full-fledged transaction, and therefore I have no longer the ability to retract. So the Gemara says, one second, but Ha'amar Rav Chadazimna. Rav already stated this halacha. We know this halacha of Baimach Lashtan. As we learned yesterday, Rav taught, if the lender says to the borrower, 
you owe me money. If he says, instead of giving it to me, I want you to pay somebody else, and he's standing there at the time of this declaration, it's effective. So why does Rav need to reinstate, re- restate this halacha regarding a kava de Marika, a kava of uh, saffron, if we know Maimat Shlashten is effective to transfer the capacity to collect? So the Gemara answers, you need both because there's a chiddush. If you only had that first sack of Rav, which is regarding a money, which is a large sum of money, I would have said, when is it necessary to have the three parties together in order to create this transaction by verbal declaration? That's only matana meruba. It's only necessary when you're dealing with a large gift, a large gift, a money. So maybe that first memra of Rav, like we learned yesterday, that's why they all need to be there. To transfer a large gift, it has to be etes. But if you're dealing with a small gift, kav of saffron, a small amount of thing that you're trying to transfer, so you may have said, in such a case, it does not actually need to, need to be in front of the one that you're transferring it to. Kamash Malan, therefore we have the statement today, Rav told Ravachabardullah that I want it to be transferred and he had to be in front of him because even when it's a small gift, you need the Maimach Lashtan to be effective, it has to be in front of the three parties. Okay, let's move on. Now, the Gemara tells us another story. There were these gardeners. They did a calculation with each other. Now these gardeners, apparently they would rent an area, they would grow produce, they would sell it, they would split the profits. Okay. So that was the story. Afterwards, they made a calculation. They were looking through their uh, accounting. accounting, beautiful. And they were looking at their accounting. And Pashchamesh Isteri Zuzi Gabechad Minayu. They calculated. And one of them seemed to owe five extra Zuz, meaning one of them was, he had received too much money. That's what it seems like. Rashi explains this. Lashon of Isteri Zuzi is Sela Medina. There's two types of Sela. There's Sela Tzuri and Sela Medina. Sela Tzuri is eight times the value of Sela Medina, which is like the ordinary Sela. So he had, he had, there was five extra Sela Medina by this yeah, one gardener. He got too much. So they said, okay, if you got too much, uh, it's not, not a lot of money, by the way. It's a little bit of money. So he said, they said to him, all right, you got a little bit extra. So Amrile, they said to this gardener, So they said, we want you in front of the owner of the property, means they said in front of him, which is a Maimach Lashtan type situation, pay him those five Sela Medina, which seems like you owe over the rest of us. And they did this in front of the Mariar, in front of the owner of the land, which created a Maimach Lashtan type scenario. Vikonamine. But not only did they say the verbal declaration, which is the Maimach Lashtan type Kenyan, but they even did a Kenyan Chalipin. So now they did two types of Kenyanim. Right, so this, this, this chalipin is more of a physical transaction. Pick something up, causing this to be more set in stone. So now you have one. What obligates the guy to give those five extra Sela Medina is the Maimach Lashtan verbal declaration. Because again, the owner of the land was there, and they said essentially he can collect those five Sela Medina in their stead. And two, they did an actual Kenyan, Kenyan chalipin. Lusayif, but at the end of the story, Azal of Adchushbina. That gardener went and he did a calculation on his own. He looked at his own books and he realized nothing was left by him. means he realized that actually they were mistaken. It was a mistake. He didn't know anything over the other ones. But now there was a shayla because one second. It's true that he didn't really owe the money. But they had done two types of kinyanim. They had done a maimach lashdan type kinyan as well as a chalipin kinyan. So the shaila now is: Does he have to pay that extra money to the landowner that they rented room from? So asal kamid Rav Nachman. He came in front of Rav Nachman. Amarle Rav Nachman told him, "Ma'ayavid lecha? What should I do for you? Meaning, how can I get you out of this? First of all, chada to Amar Rav Marav. We know Rav Marav taught us." that if you do a Kenyan he declares verbally that's effective so the other gardener said that the home, the landowner is going to collect from you that's Maimachlashtan so that's one issue if I didn't furthermore you've also done a Chalipin so if you've also done a Chalipin you have a double Kenyan against you it's too bad you have to pay it up even though you didn't know it it sounds like so I'm really Rav Rav responded to Rav Nachman he said one second the whole premise of these Kenyanim was that he owed money but he didn't owe money. So what's that called? Kenyan Betos. That's called a mistaken transaction. That's not effective. 
So Amalei Rava, Rava said back, Etu hai, regarding this, Mika Amar lo yahivna, is the guy saying that he doesn't want to give? The guy's not saying he doesn't want to give. Deleka gabayka Amar, he's saying, I don't owe it. That's what the guy's saying. This gardener is saying, I didn't owe this money in the first place. So Amar Lei, Sarav Nachman responded him, Ken, kin If so, that's a faulty transaction. And whenever you deal with a faulty transaction, it retracts, meaning he doesn't owe the money because the entire thing was premised on a mistake. All right, let's go on. And moving on to the second section of the day here. We're going to deal now with the concept of hoylech kishchi dami. Now, what is hoylech kishchi dami? So we know that there's a principle in halacha, zachin la'adam shaloi b'fanav. We've discussed this already. This is really what we got into the other day, which we had a machleik, is Rabbanan and Reb Meir. Is it a schus? for a master to free a slave. Does the slave want to be free, essentially? Rabbanan said it is, or Mayor said it's not. We got into that before. The Shaila here is going to be as follows. Let's say I'm sending a gift, a gift to Dr. Vic, and I send it in the hands of Shimon. He's my shliach. I don't say Shimon should merit in this for you. I just say bring it to you. The Shaila is, am I essentially empowering Shimon to be zoiche in it for you? Or is Heilich just, no, you bring it as a shliach, but until it gets to your hands, you're not zoiche. Lemay nafkamina, lemay nafkamina, right? So the nafkamina would be, can I retract? Meaning, Indian we're going giver. to see, what's that? Indian giver. Indian giver. Well, well no, nah, but if I sent, if the pshat is, Heilich is kishi dummies, the Gemara is going to try to say. So the moment I give it to Shim and I say, bring it to Dr. Vic, I can't retract anymore. Because you've already been Zaycha via the Shliach, even though you didn't appoint him, but it's a schus, so it works. But if you say, Hoylech is lav dami, so all I'm saying when I say, Hoylech is, bring it to Dr. Vic. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I can still retract until it gets to Dr. Vic. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the attempt to show this, this idea of Hoylech kishi, sending a Shliach to deliver a gift of sorts, that's how Rashi seems to learn, if it's considered meritus already or not, we're going to try to show this actually contingent on a machlekes Rav and Shmuel. We're going to have two other attempts after this to try to show this is contingent on a machlekes uh, in the Gemara, in the Tanoim, and we're going to actually eventually show it's not a machlekes, but that's the Gemara is going to start try to attempt. Itmar, it was stated, if somebody says the the mishaleach, so I say to Shimon, bring this money to Dr. Vic that I'm responsible to him. I owe him money or a gift or something of that nature. So bring that money that I'm, I'm responsible to pay him, right? So Amar Rav, Rav says, first of all, this is interesting. First of all, let's say an oinus happens while, while Shimon is, is bringing that debt to Dr. Vic. Who's responsible to cover it? So the answer is, the Mishaleach is still responsible. The Mishaleach is the sender. I'm still responsible. Why am I still responsible? Because like this, the recipient never appointed him as a shliach. So it can't be put as a shliach against the will of the recipient for his detriment. So therefore, if an oinus happens, I still absorb responsibility. I'm still responsible. You're not responsible. You're, you're doing me a favor here. You, you want to get into a different parsha? Shomer Sachar, maybe different. We're not talking about that. You're doing me a favor. Favor. That would be a different story. We're talking about he's doing me a favor. So therefore, there's no. You don't owe me anything. You're doing me a favor. So now, like this, if it gets damaged, lightning strikes and an oinus happens, and the crazy happens. So first of all, I have I I take the loss. I absorb the loss as the mishaleach. That's first of all. The imbalachsar, but Raf continues and he says, if the Mishalech wants to retract, now what would you assume? If I'm responsible, if it gets damaged, so should I be allowed to retract? Absolutely. I should be allowed to. That's not what Raf says. You cannot retract. So what's the assumption? The Gemara is going to make is why can't I retract? Because Hoylech is Kishidami. Because it's like a it's like a, lose, it's lose an interesting situation. dichotomy. I don't have any benefit here. On one lose, hand, lose. if it gets damaged, I forfeit. Mm-hmm. I I have to absorb that loss. On the other hand is, since Hoylech is Kishchi, it's like I empowered him already to be your Shliach to accept it, I can't retract anymore, even if I want to, even if it hasn't yet reached Dr. Vic's hands. Exactly. That's Rav's opinion. But Shmuel makes this, the, the two halachas more consistent. Shmuel Amar, Since I, as the sender, am still responsible to absorb a loss, should an oinus happen and it get destroyed, so therefore, if I want to retract, I could. Meaning, Shmuel says, Misvara, the two halachas should go hand in hand. Since the loss would be attributed to me, 
if that money should get lost on the way. So therefore, it, obviously, whose dominion yeah. is that money still in? Why My dominion. <laughs> so therefore, if I want to still retract, I could retract until it gets to Dr. Vic's hands. So the Gemara says, Let's assume, what's the basis of this machlaikis? That when you send it, when I send it in the hands of Shemin, so essentially what's going on is, I am empowering him to act as your shliach, as your shliach to be mekabel. He is mezaket to you immediately, and that's why I can no longer retract. Now just in parenthetically, nonetheless I'm still responsible because you didn't appoint him for your detriment, so therefore I'd be responsible, but I can't retract because Umar savar, but Shmuel holds Shmuel holds that when I send you as a messenger to deliver money that I owe or something of that nature, it's not kishidami. So until it gets to Dr. Vic's hands, I can still retract. He hasn't been mezaka for you. So the Gemara refused this and says, and I still owe the money, right? Exactly. Yeah, but in case of a gift, you just say, okay, so you get the gift. When you owe the money, okay, you have to give it back. You, you have to reimburse. But as a gift, you're not uh, really... Uh, so what the Gemara is about to say yeah. is, yeah. would end up, it would be Allah of gifts also. I don't even know the gifts. So the Gemara is going to refute this yeah. and say essentially like this. Really in general, yeah. it could be that they're not debating like by gifts and things of that nature. This is unique as we'll see in a moment yeah. because we're dealing with debts. Yeah. Let's see. So the Gemara says, yeah. So the Gemara says, Now really that's not the basis of the Machlaikis. Everybody would hold, this is how Rashi learns, Everybody would hold Hoylech is Kishidami. And Rashi says, therefore, if it was a gift where there's no achrayas, there's no sense of, you know, if it gets lost, who's responsible? It's not responsible. Right. So then Shmuel would agree that he can't be Chayzer. Mm-hmm. Meaning Hoylech is Kishid. So the moment I'd give a gift to Shimon to deliver to Dr. Vic, I can no longer attract. And Shmuel would agree to that. The basis of debate here, specifically regarding debts, is do we say a migu? Now, what's the migu? The migu is a logical inference, which is called since. Migu. Since I'm still responsible, if the money gets lost, I as the mishaleach, so I should also have the capacity to retract. But that's only true by debts. We're not dealing with gifts. There's no, so by gifts, everybody would agree I can't retract. Hoylech is keschid dami. Achleikis is only if you say this migu regarding debts. Now, you're getting complicated, right? We'll get to Ezekiel and we'll discuss that. So Rav holds, we don't say migu, meaning it's a double edge. It's a double. It's for me, it's a double negative essentially. Is on one hand we say that since there's there's a, you didn't appoint them as a shliach, so therefore I'd be responsible to absorb a loss if it occurs. Nonetheless, hoylech is kischi, so therefore I can no longer retract. Umar Savar, but Shmuel holds, Amrin on Migu. In the case of a debt, we do say Amigu. And what does it mean we say Amigu? We say since there's an Achrayus on the Mishaleach still to absorb the loss that should occur. So therefore, whose Rishos is it still in? In my Rishos. Since it's in my Rishos, I could retract. But you can't apply the same law by Matana where there's no concept of Achrayus. Everybody would hold Hoylechiz Kishchi. So the first attempt to show this is subject to debate is refuted. Everybody holds Hoylech Kishchi. Tanya, we're going to have two more attempts coming up on Amad Beis. <coughs> Tanya, <coughs> excuse me. Tanya, Kavase de Rav. So the Gemara says we have a brisa that supports the opinion of Rav that although I'm responsible, if the money gets lost, I still can't retract by debts. Where do we see that? So the brisa teaches. <coughs> So if I send money, I give Shimon money and I say, please bring this money to Dr. Vic that I owe him. I borrowed money. Or or I use a different Lashon, which is give money to Dr. Vic. Either way, either I say send it or I say give it. Either Lashon or if we're dealing with a deposit, meaning I didn't owe you money that I borrowed, but you had deposited money. You had deposited money by me. And the same thing. Neither I said, that bring this pikadon of money, this deposit of money that you had given me to hold on to. Or I said, I said, give this pikadon of money that you had given me. Either way, if it's a pikadon or it's a debt, either way, says the Brisa, first off, I as the Mishaleach, the sender, I'm still responsible till it gets to your hands. However, exactly as Rav said, nonetheless, I cannot retract, which is the dichotomy that Rav creates, which makes sense because, again, since you didn't appoint him as a shliach, you can't absorb the detriment, and therefore, I can't retract because he's he's going to be a shliach to be mezakeh. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if there's a loss that occurs, I have to absorb it. Yeah, but it doesn't belong to you. You have to give it to the other person. 
but I was watching. I was holding you know, on to it. You were holding on to it, but, but yeah. what? So, of course you can't retract it. Once you said, give well, the cotton back, well, it doesn't mean retract in, Russian, it doesn't mean retract in the sense that I'm going to reacquire it. It means, let's say I decided, you know what? After five minutes, like, you know, Shimon's not so responsible. Uh-huh. I'm going to get it to you, uh-huh. but the point is, eventually, uh-huh. so, and I can't retract uh, it. Like yeah, tomorrow also. Exactly. There's already a schuss for you on your part. Exactly. Asks the Gemara, one second, Pikadan. Regarding Pikadan, why can't you retract? The Gemara says, one second. What's up, Shapikad? That means you had given me some sort of deposit. $1,000, you watch us for a bit. Okay, fine. Now I'm sending it to you. But one second, but regarding Pikadan, that's money that, I, it's not that I owe you because I borrowed money. I was watching money for you. Asks the Gemara, but the Mishalech should be allowed to retract. Why should he be allowed to retract? Because the Mishalech should be able to say, It's expression. But the Mishalea should say, it's not the will of the recipient, of the owner of that money, that the money is in somebody else's hands. I.e., what should the Mishalea be able to say? Maybe Dr. Vic didn't really want me to send in the hands of Shimon. Being that that's so, if I feel it's an irresponsible decision, I should be allowed to retract. I.e., it shouldn't have been an effective shlichus in the first place. So why am I not allowed to retract? So Omar Bizer, Bizer says, in a normal situation, he would be allowed to retract because you didn't appoint him as a shliach, and therefore I would be able to retract based on the premise that maybe you're not agreeable to this. This is a unique situation that we know you're happy with me sending the money and you don't want me to retract. Why? We're talking about a scenario where I have a status, I have a chazaka that I've already proven that I'm a kafran. What's a kafran? Denier. What's that? A liar, which means what is that I've shown my track record as such that if I have money that's yours, you're not getting it back. So therefore, what's that? The the sender, exactly. I was holding on to money. You know that I'm a denier, I'm a liar. So now you're just happy that the money's out of my hands and on the way to you. In such a scenario, it is a schus. In a normal scenario, maybe I'd be able to retract because I could say, you wouldn't necessarily want that shlichus. But in this case, you know my track record. You're happy it's out of my hands. And therefore, I can no longer retract. Ayumar tells us two stories regarding in this. In a normal situation, you could. You could. In the you could. Exactly. Two stories highlighting this principle, this idea of shlichus when we're talking about collections. So the first story we have of Sheshis. Of Sheshis, Havalei, Asharta de Sarbaloid Mechuza. Rav Sheshis was owed money by the people of Mechuza for coats that he had sold them on credit. I guess Rav Sheshis was a coat salesman. You see, Vaharaya people in the Gemara worked. Rav Sheshis was an Amira. He was, I don't know, here it says he, he, they owed him money for coats. Maybe he, uh, he did a flash sale and he took off from taking, selling beans. I don't know. Either way, so the point is, the people of Mechuza owed him money for coats that he had sold them on credit. So Amrali the Rav Yosef, Rav Sheshis said to Rav Yosef, Abarchama, when you come from Mechuzah, means apparently Rav Yosef Barcham was going to travel in the area of Mechuzah. He said, when you come back from there, I see Nuniali, please collect the money and bring it back to me. So he made him a shliach. He said, please, when you go to Mechuzah, he's going there for a winter break, and uh, bring, collect the money from the people that owe me money and uh, bring it back to me. Right. So this, this we're going to see. This is. It sounds like a shliach Kabbalah to some degree, right? But, but, but for them, it's a shliach le'alacha. Exactly. So that's the, they're the the what is that debtors? The ones who owe money is called a debtor. So they're the debtors. He's the creditor. It means for them, the people of Mechuzah, he's the he's the shliach le'alacha. But he made the shliach. So let's see. Right. So the Gemara tells us like this. Azal Yavinule, so so Rav Yosef Barchama went to Mechuza and they gave him they gave him the money. Yeah, in So Amri so the Gemara says that the people of Mechuza then they wanted to cover their backs. So what they wanted to do was to relinquish responsibility should an Oynas happen. They were smart for themselves. From themselves, they were smart because they understood. Right. So what did they want to do? They wanted to create some sort of a formal transaction in order that if, let's say, Rav Yosef Barchama lost the money on the way, they don't have to pay again. Smart. So what did they do? So Amr, Amri Ladis, the people of Mechuzah said to Rav Yosef Barchama, before they sent him back to Rav Sheshes, Nikni Minach, do a Kenyan Chalipin, so you acquire responsibility over this money, and we lose responsibility. Exactly. So Amr, what's that? He has to accept. Oh, oh, exactly. So Amr Lahu, so he said back, Rav Yosef Barchama said back to the people of Mechuzah, so he said, hey, okay, fine, I accept, I'll do a Kenyan. So with Saif in the end, he avoided making that Kenyan. It means Rav Yosef Barchama somehow 
he got out of the necessity of making that Kenyan, and he didn't. He brought the money back to Rav Sheshes without having made a Kenyan. So when he came back to Rav Sheshes, Rav Sheshes said, you did the smart thing. You did not need to accept responsibility. That's not your shlichus. You don't have any achrayas in that. Who has achrayas? They, they owe me money. You don't owe me money. You don't owe me anything. And why was that smart? Because you didn't cause yourself to become, like the Pasuk in Mishle says, is that when someone's a borrower, he's like a slave to the lender. You don't have the responsibility of being a slave to me, to the lender. The people of Mechuzna do. So therefore, you were smart to avoid creating that responsibility unnecessarily. There was another version of what Rav Shesha said to Rav Yosef Barchama. He said, It was good what you did, that you kept them as Eved Loivali Ishmalva, is that they stayed as the debtors that were considered uh, a slave to me. But you had no reason to accept that on yourself because you're just the simple shliach. You're not the actual borrowers. Okay, a similar story. Rav Achai bar Yoshia havalei ispika de kaspa ben Arda. So Rav Achai bar Yoshia had a silver vessel in Narda. So apparently the people of Narda had borrowed or owed him some sort of a silver clee, and he wanted it retrieved. Turning to Yudalim Abayis, Amar lehuda Rabbi Dustai, Rabbi Yana, or Rabbi Yosi bar Kipar. So he said to two, it sounds like two of his Talmidim, or right, friends, he said to Rabbi Dustai, this, 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 um, Rav Achai, he said to Rav Dustoi and Rav Yaisi, when you go to Narda, bring it back with you, meaning collect that, that silver vessel and bring it back. Similar idea. So Azul, but this one gets more interesting. Azul Yahavinyale. So the Gemara tells us they went and the people of Narda, whoever it was, gave them this silver vessel to bring back to Rav Achai. But then, the people of Narda, again, they were smart also. They said, do a Kenyan Khalifin, so you accept Achrayas and yourself, responsibility, and we absolve ourselves. So initially, both Chachamim, Rabbi Dustai and Rabbi Yaisi, said, no, we don't want to do a Kenyan Khalifin. That's not our responsibility. You're the ones responsible. We're just the Shluchim. We don't want to accept that. So Amrilahu. So then they said, give it back to us. Meaning, we don't trust you as a shliach, you two shluchim. So if you don't want to accept responsibility with Kini Chalipin, give us back the silver vessel and we'll find somebody else responsible. So the Gemara now says there was a debate between these two rabbis should we accept responsibility or not? Rabbi Dustai, Rabbi Yanai, Amr Rabbi Dustai, Rabbi Yanai said, Amr Luhu, he said to them, In, fine, I accept responsibility, I'll do Kini Chalipin. Uh, excuse me, and I'll return it to you, sorry. I'll return the object to you and I won't, re- won't, won't accept responsibility. So if Yaisi Bar Kippur said to them, Loi, I'm not going to return it to you. So the Gemara tells us that Rabbi Yaisi Bar Kippur was refusing to return it and Havukah Mitzarule, these people of Narada, were abusing him. They started to bother him. They started to harass him. They're terrible. So Amri Lei, they said to him, Amri Lei, they said to him, they said to Rabbi Dustoi, the one who said, I would return it to you. They said, You see what Rabbi Yaisi Barkeeper is doing? He's not returning it to us. He's doing the wrong thing, they said to him. Apparently, they didn't have such cover for Dalmir Chacham. That's what I was pointing out here. Okay, that's not the first time. So, Amr Lehu, so Rabbi Dustoi said back to them, Rashi has two pshatim here, but either pshat you go with is, It's good, hit him. Meaning, beat him up. He said about his friend. And this is a difficult thing. We'll see in a moment why he said this. But Rabbi Dustai said, beat up Rabbi Yaisi Barkeeper. He should return it to you. Right. So eventually, they returned back to, the, to, uh, to Rabbi Achai. And when they came back to Rabbi Achai, this, this, the, the story was relayed. So he also legabe, when they came back to Rabbi Achai, so Rabbi Yosef Rakipar said to Rabbi Dusta, you see, Master, not only did you not support me, means not only did you not support my position to say we should not return this item, but you even said to the people beating me up, the people of Narada, you're doing well, beat him up more. What, what kind of a business is that? What kind of a friend are you, right? So Amr Lehi said back to them, he said back, Rabbi Dusta, he said back to Rabbi Achai, so he said, "Why did you do this?" Meaning, first of all, you didn't want to retu- you didn't you wanted to return it. Okay, whatever the reason for that was. But secondly, why did you say beat him up more? This is difficult. Uh, why did you hold that position? Specifically, we're focusing in why did you want it to, to be returned? Once we accepted it, we have to return it. 
Amar Leis, Rabbi Dusta, explained, oh, these, were, these were dangerous people. That's what he's saying. These were dangerous people. I don't want to deal with dangerous people. That's not my responsibility. Better to give this item back. So Amar Leis, Amar Leis said to Rabbi Achai, Adam, those people, he described their, how intimidating they were. He said, first of all, Hein Amma, they're an Amma. And when it says they're an Amma, it doesn't mean an Amma at all. It means they were people of measure. They were very powerful people. Fikoivan ama, and their hats were an ama tall. Apparently, their clothing held intimidation. They speak from their bellies, from halfway. Rashi learns is that they had a very deep, uh, intimidating voices, very intimidating people. Even their names are intimidating, like Arda, Arta, Upili Beresh, and Pili Beresh, I guess, was the head of the, these people. Apparently, these people were very intimidating and violent. So, Oymrin Kefusu, these are people that if they say, tie somebody up, Kaifsin, they tie them up. Oymrin Harugu, they say, kill somebody, Horgan, they'll kill people. These are impetuous, dangerous people. So, Ilu Hargu Estustoi, Mi Nasan Lianai Abba Barkemoisi. If they would have ended up killing Rabbi Dustai, myself, he's talking about, so then, who, how would I have left over a son like me for my father, Yanai? I.e. was saying, is, this is a Sakana. So that's why when it's Sakana, I'm not going to accept it, I'm going to give it back, no question. So Amr Lay, so Rav Acha said to Rabbi Dustai, B'nai Adam Alalu, did these people, Kroivim Lamalchus, saying, were they close to the Malchus, to the government? Means if they were, so they had protectia, you did well. So Amr Lay, yeah, he said, yeah, these people were close to the government in Arata. Yeshla and Susan who prayed in Shiratsin, Acharein, do they have horses and uh, mules. mules that run after them? Which again, I guess that was some sign of wealth or power. Amr Lay, he said, yeah. Amr Lay, so Rav Acha said, if so, you did well, you did the right thing. To get involved with people like this, you don't want to do that. So it was actually the right thing to stay away and return the item, even though you had such a shlichus. Okay, good. So we're holding on Yedalatim Rebbeiz, and we attempted to show there's Machlekes Rav and Shmuel. If Hoylechis Kishchi, we refuted that. We said everybody holds Hoylechis Kishchi, specifically by debts. As we explained, there's a Machlekes if we say Migu or not. Meaning Migu that he's responsible, he also could retract. But in general, everybody would agree, Ha'alech is kishchi. So now the Gemara is going to move on to a second and third attempt to show this is actually based on a machloikis. So let's see. Two dots, and uh, about a third of the way down, you dot them with base. Zak the Gemara. Ha'alech manalaplaini. The story is that uh, if somebody sends money to Pliny, meaning I send money to the one who I owe money to, and... Uh, in the hands of a shliach. V'holach and then the shliach went and searched him out. He tried to find him, the recipient. and he couldn't find him. Rashi explains he had passed away. So Tanichada, one b'risa learns that the halacha is in this case, the money should be returned to the sender. And a second b'risa learns, that the money should be given to the inheritors of the one who it was sent to. So the Gemara says, let's make this into the Machlekes Tanoi. Ulema Bahakimifli, let us assume the basis of the Machlekes is exactly as follows. Dimar Savar, the second Brisa holds, you give it to the inheritors of the recipient, Hoylech Keschi, because Hoylech, when he sent it, when he sent it in the hands of the Shliach, it was as if it was Mezaki already, the recipient, and therefore when the recipient passed away, it naturally went as Yerusha to his inheritors. So you don't bring it back to the Mishalech because it already belongs to the recipient, or if he passes away, his inheritors. Umar Savar, in the first Brisa hold, Hoylech Lav Keschi, it's not considered Shchi, so therefore, when the person passed away, it never was meant to go to him. He never acquired it. You bring it back to the Mishaleach because he didn't want it to be sent to um, the inheritors of this person. So therefore, first Bryce says you bring it back to the Mishaleach. And then it would come out, this is actually a fundamental machlaikis, Hoylech Keschi or not. So the Gemara gives three pirchas, meaning three alternative ways of understanding this machlaikis, that it doesn't have to be necessarily a machlaikis if Hoylech is Keschi or not. The first one is Ravaba Barmamal. Amar Ravaba Barmamal. Everybody really would hold that Hoylech is not Kishchi. Meaning everybody would hold that if you sent money in this kind of a scenario, it would not be considered already acquired by the recipient, and therefore logically it should go back to the sender. But like Hashia, but there's no problem. Habibari, the first price that says you bring it back to the sender, is talking about where the sender was a healthy person. So where the sender was a healthy person, and you brought it, and then it was given to the shliach, and it was 
he attempted to give it to the recipient, but this recipient had passed away. So in such a scenario, since Harlech is Lav Kishchi, the recipient only acquires it when it reaches his hands. Now that he's dead, it goes back to the sender. However, the second Bryce is talking about where it's somebody that was on his deathbed and he sent it. So, so therefore, there's a chiddush in that case that the moment it's sent, it's immediately transferred because it's like written and given over to the recipient. And that's why the second Bryce says it goes to the inheritors. That's Bircha number one. Rav Zvid Omar, Rav Zvid says, really could say, And really, both Bryce's could be discussing a sick person who sent this. Uh, money to be transferred. <clears throat> How do we explain the Machlaikis then? The first b'risa that said, you give it back to the Mishaleach, that's where the Mechabel was not alive at the time that the money was given to the Shliach to deliver. So therefore, the entire Zechiyah over here was Betos. It was all a mistake because the sender only gave it to the Shliach to deliver to the Mikabel. If, if the assumption that the Mikabel was alive, if he's not alive, so then the Shdivre Shchiv Merak Kimisurim was all mistaken because we're talking about Divre Shchiv Merak over here. Sorry, I skipped. Both Brysa's are talking about a Shchiv Merah. Number two, the second Brysa, the second Brysa where you give it to the Yorshim Mikabel is where the Shchiv Merah was still, where the, sorry, the recipient was alive at the time that the gift was given or the money was given to the Shliach to deliver to the recipient. So therefore, the Kinyan went through and therefore, the Yorshim inherited it when the recipient passes away after. Ha, but the first Bryce that says you bring it back to the Mishaleach, the Leislamikabashmatanmois, is that the Mishaleach gave it to the Shliach when the recipient was not alive anymore. So the entire Zechiah was done Betoas here, and we don't apply then the principle of Kiksuvanakimasurin for the Yarshim, that's why you give it back to the inherit you give it back to the Mishaleach. <coughs> Rav Papa, Rav Papa is the third Pircha. He says it's not necessarily based on Halach or not, rather Hava Hava Bari. So he goes the other way, is to say really Halach is Lav But both Brisaiyos are talking about a healthy person. This, the first price that says you bring it back to the Mishaleach, is where the recipient died in the lifetime of the giver. Meaning, the giver gave it, he was a healthy person, he gave it to the Shliach to deliver. Before the Shliach could deliver it, the recipient passed away. Well, if he passed away, and it goes back to the Mishaleach. As opposed to the second b'risa, is where the giver passed away in the lifetime of the recipient. So, as explains Rashi, before his death, as Rashi explains here, since the noisen passed away, the giver passed away, the sender, it's considered a principle of mitzvah l'kaim divrei and therefore, as long as the recipient was alive after that moment, it automatically transfers as a mitzvah to fulfill the words of somebody that passed away, even if the fellow that passed away was healthy before this principle applies. And therefore, the second b'risa says, if subsequently the recipient passed away, it would be inherited as was already transferred based on the principle of mitzvah. But the bottom line is we've refuted the second attempt to show that the idea of hoylech keschi is subject to machloikis. So let's try a third attempt. So let's attempt a third way to explain that Hoylech is, is considered a is a Machlekes Tanoi. The Tanya, as the Brisa teaches, if somebody says Hoylech Manalapliny, so Mishaleach says to the Shliach, bring this money to Pliny. Shliach takes the money. And the Brisa says that <coughs> the Shliach went, he looked around, and he couldn't find the recipient. So the Tanakhama says, He returns the money to the Mishaleach. So now, according to the Tanakhama, the money is brought back to the Mishaleach. We're going to analyze what he exactly holds later. But the point is, he's not talking about a case where the Mishaleach dies. And we'll, it's an important point. We'll mention that later. So the Tanakhama says, number one, opinion number one. We have seven opinions here. The Tanakhama's opinion is it goes back to the sender. Now, the Brisa continues. Mes Mishaleach. What if the sender had passed away after when the money had returned to him? So now we're going to have six more opinions addressing that specific case. So Rabbi Nassim Rabbi Yaakov Amr. Rabbi Nassim Rabbi Yaakov are of the opinion, Then it would go to the inheritors of the Mishaleach, the one who sent it. 
the Yesh Aymrim, opinion number three, there are those who say, that it'll go to the inheritors of the one that the money was originally sent to. Rav Yudah Nasi Aymer, fourth opinion, Mishum Rav Yaakov, Shom Mishum Rav Meir, Mitzvah Lekayim Divrayameis. So it's a mitzvah to fulfill the words of the dead. The Gemara later will analyze and show that he's specifically arguing in the case where the Mishalach had passed away. We'll see, but otherwise he may agree to the prior opinion. So therefore, since it's a mitzvah to fulfill the words of the dead, you actually would then give it to the recipient or his inheritors. The Chachamim, opinion 5, say it should be divided, means I guess half to the Yorshei Ames and half to the Yorshei the Nishtalei the sender and the receiver. The Kanamru in Bavel, they said, which is the sixth opinion, whatever the Shliach sees fit, he should do. Meaning, the Shliach should calculate, based on his knowledge of the Mishaleach, what would he have wanted to be done, based on the Suffolk, and that's what he should do. And finally, opinion number seven, Amr B'Shimen HaNasi, or B'Shimen HaNasi says, So there was a story regarding me like this, where they passed away. And in such a scenario, the Psak that the Chacham said was, it should be returned to the inheritors of the Mishaleach, not to the recipient. And that's the end of the Bryce. So you have seven opinions as to what to do. So my Gemara wants to say, the basis of these seven opinions is the Psak of Hoylech Keschi or not. The Tanakama Savar, the first opinion holds, which is the first opinion who doesn't discuss where the Mishaleach died. He holds Hoylech Lav Keschi. That when you say hoylech, you give it to the shliach to give to the recipient, it's not considered a schus already that the recipient receives it. You can retract, etc. And therefore, in such a scenario, if the recipient is dead, he, he's not there, the halacha would be, you give it, or you just can't find, sorry, you can't find him. In such a scenario, you bring it back to the mishaleach, to the sender. Now, he doesn't address the case where the mishaleach passed away. Because he didn't know what the halacha was in that case. But on that, the second opinion comes along. Rabbi Nas and Rabbi Yaakov Nami, they agree to the Tanakama, Hoylech is not Keschi. But he said, they say like this, even if the sender passed away, we don't apply the secondary principle, which will be a point of debate here, and therefore, it would still go back to the Mishaleach, or his inheritors, and it wouldn't be given to the recipient. That's Rabbi Yaakov, Rabbi Nassim, Rabbi Yaakov's opinion. The Yeshayim, the third opinion, who says that it goes to the inheritors of the one who it was sent to, meaning where the recipient passed away subsequently, he holds Harlech Keschi. So the moment it was sent, it immediately was acquired by the recipient, and therefore, if he passed away, it goes to his kids. Rabbi Yehuda Nasi, Amar Mishim Rabbi Yaakov, Shem Mishim Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Yehuda Nasi, which was the fourth opinion, he said, So what is he saying? The Gemara understands he holds Hoylechlav Kishchi, and Hoylechlav is not considered Kishchi. So therefore, in a scenario where <clears throat> the recipient passed away, it wouldn't necessarily be inherited over to the children, but where the Mishaleach dies, meaning, and, and immediately upon sending, it wouldn't be naturally inher- given over to the recipient, but where the sender passed away, we would say, so actually he's arguing with the prior opinion, he's saying where the sender passed away, it would go to the recipient or his inheritors. But in a normal situation, and therefore it wouldn't go to the recipient if the Michelle, if if um, under normal circumstances, and the fifth opinion, why do they say divide it? Fifth opinion, So they have a suffix. Rashi explains their mesupik on both parts. They're mesupik if is kischi or not, and they're also mesupik if we apply or not. And the final sixth opinion, the kanamru and above they said shuda adif that when there's a suffix like this, so you should use the decision making of the shliach. He should decide what it, he understood what the Mishaleach's mentality was, and because of the suffix, he should decide where the money goes. And finally, Rabbi Shimon Anasi, Maisa Asalashmin, and he just brings a Maisa to support in terms of his Maisa, which he said, as uh, he illustrated in the Brisa, that Chachom and Paskin, in such a case, they return it to Yarshim Mishaleach. 
So now the the point is now we've shown that this is actually a point a machlekes if halach is kishi or not. So the Gemara refutes this as well and says loy because you can have an entirely different understanding. Everybody would agree if we're talking about that the mishalech was a healthy person, there wouldn't be a point of machlekes. Everybody would say it's not kishi and therefore it's no question that it wouldn't go to the recipient. What are we dealing with in this brayso? We're talking about the sender was a sick person dying. As we're about to show, the Mishnah Baba Basra has a machlekes Rabbelazer in the Rabbanan regarding a shchiv meira if he requires regular hilchas kinyanim to transfer, or as we've been assuming until now, it's kiksuvin and without transfer. So this is going to be the point of contention. Ditanan, as the Mishnah Baba Basra teaches, if somebody divides up his property just verbally, means there's no contract necessarily. Whether he's a healthy person or he's a shchiv meira, he's a sick person. The halacha is the same. If you're dealing with property, meaning land, so it has to be acquired through the means that land is acquired. Money, uh, document, or chazaka. If it's movable items, it's only acquired with meshicha, with uh, moving something. So the point is, Rebbe says there's no leniency given to there has to be some sort of a real kinyan. Both are acquired with amira. Meaning you could actually transfer items with just verbal declaration alone. Meaning to say, L'chair, it means that the Rabbanan argue and say, by Shechimera we have a principle, which is so you don't need a Kenyan for Karka or for Metaltalin, it's automatically transferred. There was a story with the children of Roichel, who were their, these people's father, and their mother was sick. But Amra, and she said, that my brooch should be given to my daughter. So she declared that her brooch should be given to her daughter, and she was sick. It was worth 12 mana, I guess it was some large sum. Umesa, she passed away. And the Chachamim accepted her words. means they said that that brooch goes to the daughter. So Lechaira says the Chachamim, you see, that it could be a verbal declaration that works when it comes to a Shechiv Meira. So Amr Lehmer, Belazah said back to the Chachamim, B'nei Roichel Tikvarim Imam. It's a very... Uh, it's a curse. It's a very strong statement. The sons of Rochel, their mother should bury them. Rashi explains, they were a shoyim, according to Rebelezer, because they used to have thorns in their vineyards, which was kilayim, according to him, and therefore they don't keep the halacha properly. You can't learn halacha in the base medrash from them regarding shchiv meira. You can't paskin like that. And therefore, the fact that you're saying the chacham in the words, that's incorrect. You can't actually validate that, and that's not a raya. So the Gemara says, now what would come out then, the Machlaikis, if we understand like the Pircha is trying to say, based on this debate of Lazar and the Chachamim, if Shchiv uh, Meirah requires a Kinyan or not. So Tanakama, Kerba Lazar. The Tanakama holds like Lazar that Divrei Shchiv Meirah do not work, you need some sort of a Kinyan. Since you need some sort of a Kinyan, it would come out that in the, the, the Tanakama Paskins, where the Mishaleach sends the item and the recipient is not around, so it returns to Mishaleach, because there wasn't a real Kenyan, and we're talking about a Shchimera, albeit Shchimera, you needed a Kenyan, since there was no Kenyan, it goes back to the Mishaleach. And he doesn't he doesn't address what happens if the Mishaleach passes away, he was Mesopic about that, but Verbenas, and the second of Verbenas, or Yaakov, Nami Kerbalazar, they hold like that as well. There needs to have been some sort of a transaction, a real Kenyan, but and secondly, even if the, this is what they're adding onto the Tanakhama, even if the Mishalech passes away subsequently, we don't say Mitzvah Kaim Divri Ames, even so we we'll go back to the Yorshe Mishalech. And the third opinion who says it goes to the Yorshe Mikabel Vyesh Oimrim Karabanan, that Divri Shchivmerak Yksuvin Akimasurin, the Melit will automatically go to the recipient's children because it already was effective as the the uh, Mikabel already got it. Rabbi Yudah Anasi, Shom Mishnah Rameir, Kerbalazar. So Rabbi Yudah Anasi, who argues and says, Mitzvah Kaim Divri Ames. He holds like Kerbalazar, 
Mio, but however, Hechad Mis, where he passes away, so it wouldn't go to the recipient naturally. But where the recipient passed away, Amrino, we would say, Mitzvah Kaim Divrei Ames, and there it would go to the inheritors of the recipient. So they're Mesopic. Means Lachar, they're Mesopic if he passed like Relazar or the Chachamim, as well as Mitzvah Kaim Divrei Ames, or not. Fikanom, Ruin Bavel, they say, that the principle of the Shliach calculating on his own which one it should go to is more ideal when there's a suffix. Rabbi Shimon Anasi, Anasi tells us a story which is just to highlight in the story of the Chacham and Paskin, Yachzer Liyarshim Mishalech goes back to the inheritors of the, of the Mishalech, the sender, to support those opinions who said that, that uh, that's the halacha. But anyways, we've refuted the third attempt to show this is actually based on a Machlekes Tanaim as well. Now I just want to point out, we had three attempts to show that there's a Machlekes Tanaim if uh, or not. The first one we refuted, which was the Machlekes Rav and Shmuel, he said everybody would hold over there Holechis Kishi. Rashi understood it means by gifts. The second two we refuted and said everybody would agree Holechis Lav Kishi. So it is interesting because the in refutations we're coming out that actually it seemingly would be a Machlekes if Holechis Kishi or not. But I guess you don't say that necessarily because really what the Pircha is saying is not necessarily a proof that there's such a Machlekes. All right, let's finish up. Two final points here. So the Gemara says, Yiboilu, just to Shaila, that last opinion in the Bryce was Rishim and Anasi. He says it goes back to Yorshim Mishaleach. So we call him Rishim and Anasi. And the says, there's no Rabbi Shimon that was a Nasi. So since we don't find that, the Gemara wonders, Rabbi Shimon Hanasi, Nasi, who was he really a Nasi? We just don't know about, apparently. I'm Mishmei the Nasi Kamar. Or, because we don't know that there was such a Nasi, actually, he was saying it in the name of a Nasi. And uh, the Bryce wasn't Meduyak in his wording. So Tashma the Gemara says, "Bring a raya." Dam Rabbi Yosef, halacha. Rabbi Shimon Anasi, the halacha actually follows him that you bring it back to the Yarshim Mishaleach. The Gemara says, "Vadayin Tiboylecha," but still, that doesn't really resolve the question because Nasi, who was he a Nasi? I declare Mishmed the Nasi or said in the name of a Nasi. Take the Gemara leaves this off unresolved. Gufa, let's finish up with that last point. Amr Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef said, "Halacha Rabbi Shimon Anasi." Halacha is like Rabbi Shimon Anasi that the halacha is going to be you bring it back to the Yarshim Mishaleach when the Mishaleach should pass away. Asks the Gemara, or, or when the recipient passes away. Asks the Gemara, Vakai Malan, Divre Shchib Merak, but one second. We pask in the words of a Shchib are considered written and signed, written and given over, and the way we came out in the Maskana is that the Bryce is talking about a Shchib So why would you give it back to the Yorshim Mishaleach? Lechaira, if he's a Shchib it should be given to the, the recipient or his uh, descendants. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Yosef Yosef interprets that the Bryce's seven shitas are not discussing the case of the Shechivimera like we concluded, but rather a Bari like the Havamina. So the Gemara therefore says, since it's a Bari like the Havamina, it goes back because Halech is Lav Kishri, it goes back to the sender. Asks the Gemara of Haliyarshim Mishaleach Ka'amar. But one second, it's the, the Rabbi, Rabbi Shimon Anasi said, you give it to the Yarshim Mishaleach, which is mashma that the Mishaleach passed away, and then there's a principle of Mitzvah Lakaim Divri Ames. So if that's so, anyways, it should go to the recipient or his descendants. The Kaimel Mitzvah Lakaim Divri Ames. So Rabbi Yosef actually will interpret the Bryce as talking about a Bari like we initially understood, not like the Maskana, and he'll change the Girsa. Instead of Rabbi Shimon Anasi saying, he's going to say, you return it to the Mishaleach, but if he would pass away, he'd go to the recipient or his, or his descendants because Mitzvah Kaim Devriyam is. That's just not the case of the Bryce. The case is he didn't pass away, it goes back to the Mishaleach. We finish the first parak of Mesechis Gitin, and we will pick up tomorrow with the second parak in Daf Tazvav. Everybody have a wonderful day.